Hey everyone to the Edge podcast, the first one that we have done. I am here with Don Bird. Numero one. Numero I'm going to save you effort putting an anime together and I'll just do the animated. <laughs> yes. One, 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 one. Dom's saving the budget here because he's tight. Right, so this is the first one. This should have happened about 12 months ago, um, but... I'm lazy and uh, it didn't happen, but we have finally decided to actually get it going. This podcast is about giving you the edge in both life and leadership. So sometimes we'll talk about leadership, sometimes we'll talk about life, but Dom is the lead pastor along with his wife at a multi-campus church down in Bournemouth. They have grown quite a bit over the last seven or eight years under his and his wife's leadership. I used to technically kind of work for him which is how I know him. So that's how this all came about. And this is basically just an extension of what we used to do every day, sit, chat about life and leadership and different Only things like that. Only more appropriate and with a visible yeah. Bible in the background. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Should I, let me just put yeah. that there like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mate. That, no, it's the, the Bible isn't written big enough, mate. You need a bigger one. What's that? You know, like one of the old Church of England Bibles. Oh, that's I've got one need. here. Ah, it's okay. as an ESV, but I've actually put the message inside. I've gutted it. I've just, I've just wrapped an ESV sleeve around a message Bible. So it's really Is it the Lego Bible with just the ESV on the outside? It's really good. The Gospel, <laughs> the gospel According to Emmett. Right yes, there. right there. Right, so Dom has no idea what we are going to talk about in every podcast because it is quite fun just to have his thinking off the cuff. He's quite, he thinks about a lot of stuff a lot of the time, so it's quite fun to get his first and raw reaction um, on things. So, Dom, yes. you are, I've worked under you and, and your wife, and um, probably the one thing I could describe your leadership as is quite free to give away you're quite easy to delegate and give away right you just AKA sort of go, lazy. AKA yeah, lazy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to do anything so I'm just going to go nah I'm joking but you are if someone comes to you with an idea like I did a lot of the time you are quite free to just go yeah we'll give it a go have have free reign on that almost yeah. I would describe it as quite secure okay so my first question to you is is that real or is that fake is that something you have is that are you actually secure really like are you actually <laughs> Um, you're going to start by defining secure, haven't you? Like, tell me what define secure for me, Stephen, according to your kind of experience. So I would perceive secure, and this is something I was going to actually know we would end up having to talk about. I would define secure as you are not intimidated by other people surpassing what you can do. Mm -hmm. You're not intimidated by other people doing better than you at something that even you do yourself. Mm. So like I would perceive you would give opportunity for what you do in your job, which is public speaking a lot. If someone absolutely smashed it out of the park, you're not walking mm -hmm. away going, I don't like that person anymore. They're not getting any more opportunity because they're doing better than me. That's what I would define security as. <laughs> yeah. So I would say that I think that, that ministry is a hot spot for insecurity. So I think if you're slightly insecure, ministry is going to serve as a magnifying glass function. Um, because the very essence of being in ministry for Jesus is this idea that it's not about you. The sooner you can wrestle your ego to the ground, the sooner you can wrestle your own selfish ambition, because that's in all of us. I think particularly men more than women, um, I think that the, the sooner everybody wins. And I would say that the reason church leaders really struggle with it is because, and I've struggled with it, I have struggled with it, and I think it is an ongoing battle in many ways, is I think it's because many people minister out of their insecurity rather than out of their strength and grace. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. 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 Okay. So, so you said you've struggled with it. So does that mean you think you've half tackled it now? Is it something you have to every day go right Dom, like nah, like Phil, Phil needs to succeed. So for those who don't know, Phil is Dom's basically best mate from Bible college, being with him through his ministry like basically is number two guy yeah. at church. Number two. Who does number two work for? <laughs> but yeah, so like he's, but he's a quality communicator and preacher. Yeah. Both of you are. And, yeah. um, but when Phil speaks, he's like just the gift that's on him is he's very, he can make the Bible seem very simple. 
yeah. like better than a lot of us can. And sometimes yeah. even I sit there and go, man, there is no chance I'm ever preaching like what he's just done. <laughs> Whereas like, I ever. like to sound as complicated as possible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Make people, wow, God, that must be clever because it sounds so complicated. <laughs> um, so let, let's talk about that. I would say in immaturity years ago, I would wrestle with that, but I would never let it win ever. Okay. So okay. I would say that I've always, I've always had a kind of an upper hand on the dysfunction, but I, I don't know whether it's a case of getting older. Obviously I'm almost pushing 36 now, which obviously isn't old, but probably to you, you would say it's old. I would say that like, you just, you give up on all that kind of stuff because you're just like, well, you know, this, this isn't about me. If, and I think for me, there was just this sense of the, the penny dropping this idea. Hey, if Phil wins, I win. So I think ultimately it's, I think in ministry, there's like the person who who ministers to be needed. Does that make sense? So people who need to be needed. So what they do is they guise it as pastoral concern. But ultimately what they're doing is because they want the affection or the the affirmation of people. Mm. And I think that's just a real kind of snare and a common trap to so many leaders. And it's been a common trap to me. But I think what what insecurity really does is it drives strength away from the house so when you when you operate from a place of insecurity or you operate from the wrong place selfish ambition what you actually do is you push strong people away from you because what you're defining is here's the parameters of the platform and here's the size of my feet so the platform is only big enough for me and i think what security does is it draws strength to you um yeah and it draws people of multiple giftings and multiple graces because you understand that in order to achieve everything that god wants to do in the church it's yeah. going to require uh the full kind of ascension ministry going full tilt yeah and all the graces on people across the body of jesus christ you know, so i think it's but i think it's an exciting place to be you know when you get to that place of revelation where you're not necessarily it's not necessarily natural in the sense that like mm. oh no it's no longer a problem but what you've learned is the reward for being secure. So like yeah. you go into situations and you know, my flesh isn't going to win this. So yeah, yeah. it's kind of cool. Kind of cool. But how, what is it for like, so it's great when a young leader serves under a leader like that, or who at least is pursuing that yeah, and trying to pursue it. Because as you said, I think it's something that is always a possible attack place for the enemy in a leader is to suddenly hit them with insecurity. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think first of all, like there's, there's insecure leaders that are just like insecure, like they're not trying to stifle people's growth. They just haven't learned yet how to best release people. Right. And then there's leaders that are just self-promoting turd sniffers, basically, Mm. (laughs) um, who are who are are out to build. Is that the technical term? That's the that's the theological term that Paul uses. Um, But but I think like ultimately you have to discern as a follower, Mm. as a disciple, is this person actually toxic for my growth? First of all, Um, and I think you have to be really honest. It's not a decision you can come to quickly or lightly. Um, and I think in most cases, most leaders aren't trying to stop people growing. They just don't yet know how to release people well. And yeah. it is a subtle difference. Um, but, I, but I would say that if you are in a church where your leader is a bit insecure and you, you might be getting blocked a little bit in terms of opportunity, first of all, you know, the Bible tells us that the, the grace on a person makes room for itself, that you, the grace yeah, opens yeah. doors, that if there's a gift, like I've heard people tell me before, someone from Moreland's, a Moreland student once came to Sunil and said that felt like he had the anointing of John the Baptist. <laughs> he told me that. I was like, Did he dress like him as well? Well, I said, you know, John the Baptist gets beheaded, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. Um, or, and I've heard all sorts of stuff, the Billy Graham anointing and things like that. And I think as a leader, what I'm looking for when I release somebody is I don't want Stephen Wood with a Billy Graham anointing. I want Stephen Wood with a Stephen Wood anointing. And I think what I'm trying to do is constantly draw the grace. And I keep saying the term grace. What I mean by that is the gift on somebody's life that God has deposited. You want somebody to pursue that, that, that kind of, and I think it's, it's not, you know, 
I, I, I haven't obviously been under a leader under a leader in a local church for years, but I make sure as much as I can that the leaders that I serve with at a local level are secure in what they're about yeah. and that they don't try to block people from opportunity. I also think as well, Steve, that like one of the challenges in leadership is like um, if we're going to get really serious about it is what is my responsibility as a leader? I would say personally looking at like the likes of Paul mm-hmm. and how he deals with Timothy. It's, it's not about decision-making. Yeah. Um, and it's not about governing, although those things come into it. It's actually about fathering. Okay. Mm-hmm. Leadership, great church leadership is really kind of capturing the heart of a father. Now, the reason that's important is you don't know many dads who are insecure about their children's success. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't yeah. sit and go, oh, Caleb's getting a bit good on piano. Oh, that's what I play piano. What if he gets better than me? Like, if I could, if I had 10 grand, I'd pay today for him to be 10 times better than me right now. Like, yeah. I want him to get to that and yeah. hit that standard. Um, and I think, like, if a father ever is jealous of his own children's achievements then it just speaks to a dysfunction that's really healthy so I think often in leadership we misunderstand our role and responsibility to lead the people that God has placed under our care so I think my role is I understand that a lot of people I lead are older than me as well but I I still have to bring a fathering mindset and a fathering spirit to that um, if I want to see them really released into everything that God's got for them Um, I would say to a person who is maybe under a leader who's insecure is that it's not your job to correct a leader. It's your job to yeah. submit. That's what God's looking yeah, for. Yeah, yeah. And um, actually great, great, great leaders are actually brilliant followers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they have the ability to follow really well. And I think then when they get their moment in leadership, they know how what it is to 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 follow yeah and yeah so they build systems and structures and organizations that are brilliant to be within you know yeah i um i read something on like in Goop, basically googling security and why it's important uh <laughs> basically <laughs> that's all it was man i, love you, honestly, I read something in a thesis on google like just uh, <laughs> let's I think stop. babylon b or something yeah let's not pretend that we prepare more than we do because let's be honest mate right. <laughs> me and you are blaggers at the core <laughs> you put you've learned to prepare a bit more than i have but i'll get there in the end right but anyway so i was reading and it was this thing on christianity today magazine I, about you say blagger, i say spirit led i'll just say that I'll yeah say yeah that. there we go that's the more theological term You're... And it was basically a Christian psychologist who was saying that the biggest issue he sees in a lot of his patients nowadays is insecurity. And I wonder whether you as a leader see one of, do you see that the biggest issue in a lot of potential leaders that you could bring up? Because how big, Sunny Hill's in the the good few hundred across three campuses, I think. And um, it's, there's there's plenty of potential in there like you always say like there's enough in the house for the house yeah is is a big issue that you see in bringing leaders up insecurity is that the biggest thing you go that is limiting leaders would you say that limited me when i was with you like i'm, I'm insecurity happy to talk in, insecurity in yourself yeah yeah so like either me or other leaders i'm happy to talk openly about my own journey and you building me up here well but yeah first of all Thanks for your big up of Sunny Hill. I actually don't know how big it is now because we haven't met for a year. Yeah, exactly. Me, my wife and my three kids. Who actually knows? When we stopped gathering, we had three campuses. Now we have none. We just have an online thing going on. Um, Your front room. My my front room. Not anymore. Although we did do that for a while. That was interesting. Um, Let's cut it. I think it's helpful. Like the, the question you've asked around insecurity. I think let's understand it in the context of humanity, not just leadership. Yeah, I would say that insecurity is the underarching um, consequence of sin. Okay, so when you think about it, Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, when sin came into the garden, they became aware of the nakedness. Yeah, that like up until that point, there was no awareness that the bits were hanging out, you know. I'm gutted, mate. I'm gutted. I'm all. I'm all for the walking around naked. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think. I don't think your neighbours are. Um, 
<laughs> but but like you know when you think about that this idea that adam and eve all of a sudden became it says they became aware of the nakedness and and god when god walked in the garden obviously they're hiding but then he says well who told you you were na- like how did you how yeah, do you yeah. know and I think that's a really interesting insight into the 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 problem of insecurity is that um, what sin has done is it's kind of revealed to us um, things that actually are gifts to us that God has given to us. But now we're insecure of and we're really self-conscious of. And so actually, like even like obviously there's definite areas of Stephen's life and Dominic's life that we need to kind of make more Christ like. Yeah. But even like the, the crazy stuff in our personality that maybe we might be inclined to be more aware of and more insecure of actually is God given. And actually it's sin that makes us feel like we've got to hide it a bit. And I think what that is, is that when we're insecure and we put a, a covering over it that isn't Jesus, it leads to kind of bad results. Yeah. So, For example, a, a leader who might try to stifle someone in their church by just not putting them on the preaching roster or something yeah yeah actually what they're doing is they're putting a superficial covering over the dysfunction rather than just allowing god to deal with the nakedness of the situation so i think um i I can't remember your exact question but i think insecurity it's not a leadership issue it's a human issue yes but i think ministry and leadership magnifies the issue to yes that it becomes more noticeable because as soon as you've got governance, you then you feel not just the insecurity in you, but then the insecurity that's being covered over you as well. So, yes. um, yeah, it's it's a it's a huge challenge. What was your question exactly? Did it, did I even answer it or not? Well, you kind of touched on it, but no. So, okay. uh, <laughs> is the 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 question was is are you seeing it? And I think actually what you said is helpful because that make, helps me re- rephrase the question is when you look at your church and people who you have responsibility over to care for as that father figure you spoke about before, is insecurity the biggest problem that you see? Is it um, the biggest? So my original question was, is it the biggest problem you see in potential leaders? But now I think I'm rephrasing it to, is it just the biggest problem you see in your hurting yeah. people? I think insecurity underwrites all the dysfunction that we have to deal with on a day-to-day basis. I think if you scratch at pride enough, it's insecurity that's driving pride. Very rarely is it because someone is so confident in who they are that they're yeah, proud yeah. of it, but pride is simply a covering over an insecurity. And anxiety, people not feeling good enough, it's all undergirded by insecurity. And I think, yeah, I, I would say for sure that the underwriting factor in all in all kind of challenges and dysfunctions we see, even relational breakdowns, I would say is insecurity. And so I think, I don't think it's anything like what you pitched at the start of this conversation. I don't think it's anything that you ever go, cool, it's no longer a problem. I'm insecure. I'm I'm, I'm insecure free now. Um, I think it's like, that's the whole nature of the fruit, the spirit of self-control. It's like, I've learned to lead myself. And I've yeah. learned to, and I, there's a really cool thing that I've done as well in days gone by where I have worked against my own interests intentionally. Okay. So for example, okay. if we take Phil as, as an example, let's say he's a better preacher yeah. than me. Right. Just imagine that, right. He's a better preacher than me. <laughs> right? And, um, and, and my insecurity may want me to think, well, I'll only get him to preach twice a year. But then because I know that, I go against my own interests. I'm like, right, okay, well, I'm going to roster him once a month because what I feel I'm doing then is I'm declaring war on my insecurity. I'm I'm working against that inward, yeah. fleshly, carnal desire to self-promote and push others down. Um, I mean, I mean, like I say, I genuinely, I don't, I don't like. I, I guess it becomes more natural now, where it's just yes. a natural state of mind, where it's just like, oh, obviously, I want Phil to win. But I think still now, there's a sense in people, I think, where if we can learn to declare war on our insecurities in that way, it's a really helpful exercise um, in leadership or in life, you know, like for example, let's just say you, you work somewhere and the the person working, if you're a girl working in an office and the one next to you is just really pretty and um, you know, always getting flowers or whatever. I don't know. I don't really work in that kind of environment, (laughs) but just work with me as an example here. (laughs) Is that like, you know, what I would be saying to the girl who feels insecure about her neighbor's good looks yes. is 
it will encourage her, affirm her, tell her how beautiful she is. Yeah. And actually what that does is I think it loosens that grip of insecurity on your life. Yeah, yeah. It almost prizes that grip open a bit. Um, so I think that's I think that's really helpful kind of uh, game plan to actually overcome any kind of insecurities that you might have in your life is to actually declare war on them by pitching yourself lower, by humbling yourself. Yeah. Yeah, so it's very much a thing of you you don't think that you insecurities will never just disappear. Like I don't think like it's not something that you go, ah, oh, sweet, when I get a six pack, I'll be sorted because there'll be another issue underneath it. Because no, I learned that the hard way. I, <laughs> I still felt exactly the same. Mate, buying like a six pack of bread doesn't count as a six pack. <laughs> um but but it, it's 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 a root issue which ultimately we know is sin. Yeah. And the fall, like it's a root issue within us and it's becoming more Christ-like that we'll do that. But I think there's also a responsibility in and amongst like you and your mates to help each other with that. Do you know what I mean? So like, for example, in the situation I'm in now, there's another young guy who currently sits on the leadership of the church that I'm in and I don't. And I remember when I first moved here, we went and played golf and we actually had a discussion of we will never compete against each other. We won't allow insecurity to come in between what this is. Because I think if we hadn't been intentional about it and actually decided I will be your biggest champion and you will be mine, then that could get come in at some point. Do you know what I mean? Whereas actually it was a proactive conversation to, to have it. So how do you... Yeah, that's good. That's good. How do you... How do you tackle it in <laughs> someone? No, but in, for, for in your situation, yeah. How do, and then we'll talk about because you oversee people, and then we'll talk about people who are like, how do you tackle it in someone? How do you? Yeah. I mean, I think what we have to kind of um, dispel is this idea, like any challenge in the Christian walk and in leadership, like that it ever goes away. So mm. I do think we have to get real about that. Because I think, do I believe that Jesus can totally free you from something? Yes, of course I do. Like, for example, can he free you from an addiction to alcohol? Yes, he can. But like very few people then lose the taste for alcohol if they've been an alcoholic. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Most people have to self-regulate and manage that because they understand that the enemy wants to lure them back into a life of addiction and yeah. addiction, obviously, we know ultimately is idolatry because it knocks Jesus off top spot because you're hungry after something else. Um, so I think we have to kind of frame our life and our friendships and our leadership responsibility in that context that actually we've got to teach our people that victory isn't just a feeling that happened when you got prayed for on Sunday night yeah. and you felt warm and fuzzy. Like, actually, the significance is that when I get up tomorrow, I'm I'm going to be victorious in life. And that looks like not necessarily that the feelings aren't there, but actually yep. you are choosing in self-control to, to resist, you know. And what we read in the scriptures is the more that that becomes a commonplace practice in your life is the more normal it becomes. So, like, resist the devil and he'll flee. Submit yourself unto yep. God's might. Like, humble yourself. Like, it's it starts as a intentional assertion but then eventually becomes a natural response to any given moment and situation so I I would want to say like in my situation dealing with people in church of course when you're dealing with people you're going to be dealing with insecurity but I think first of all we have to help people understand their responsibility to to manage those things and not allow them to to govern their thinking and also determine their decisions on anything so that you know we we have ministry leaders in sunny hill we obviously have staff members in sunny hill we have people who volunteer in sunny hill and i would say there would be varying measures of success in people kind of managing those yeah those challenges um but i think if we only ever think of it as something that is a problem and then something that's resolved mm. we we miss 80 percent of the battlefield yes. by saying actually <laughs> do, do you know what i mean yeah, so yeah. We've got to build a bridge there. we've got to help people understand that just because you feel this way doesn't mean you behave in that way and Mm. and, um, but I would say like you know the reason that it's important for a leader to grapple with this primarily is just like in the same way as a father in a household with three boys is that if I bring insecurity to my parenting I'm going to 
I'm going to replicate what I am. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to reproduce my dysfunction into my boys. Yes. Um, but if, if I can manage that and demonstrate security, um, then, you know, what I'm modeling to them is a pattern of living, which yes. I believe will lead them to greater liberty. Yes. You know, I think like insecurity is kind of like riches in the sense that there's always somebody who's got more money than you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's always somebody. I was thinking about this, like if I if I had two of my houses, uh, you know, I would be richer. But then when I'm at that position, I know that there's somebody who's got four houses and somebody's yeah. got eight houses. And yeah, that's yeah. really what insecurity does if you don't address it. You assume that when you get the thing that you're insecure about is that will, you know, resolve the issue. But yes. the problem is, if you're trying to feed your insecurity with a resolution like that, yeah. all it does is it compa- It doesn't address the issue, which means that the insecurity, you, know, you just get greater insecurity. So, um, yeah, so I, I think actually dealing with the root of the issue is, is really key. Um, and most of that, I think, is through understanding that this is something I, I regulate self-control. I, I manage my own kind of urge within me to kind mm. of, And we know in security, what we do is the way that I make myself feel better in security is to push someone else down. And we assume that by doing that, it kind of elevates or lifts us up when actually all it does is it speaks to, yeah, our dysfunction. And really the the nature of the kingdom is that you, you lift people up. Yes. You don't, you know, so you, 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 that's leadership. You serve, you wash feet, you kind of lift up. And I think as a leader trying to cultivate that mentality is absolutely crucial in in life I think, and in leadership i think it's literally i think you either push down or you either push someone down or you retreat from i think another form yeah. of it which is um very much is people who suddenly just dis- like disappear from a a thing because they can't cope with the the challenge like the the possible challenge to their security yes like i think so for we talk well we will end up talking a lot about your church and your staff team because i know it quite well and obviously it's your situation but the people who you've surrounded yourself with yeah are big characters big potential big leaders i think even down to besides your next generation pastor who's my age you're Mm. the youngest of your core senior staff is that right yeah you and louise so it's like there's big people including your big brothers in there as well so it's <laughs> do you know what I mean? So there's there's an easy way and like if anyone has ever met your operations pastor or whatever he's called now, the the if if you have an insecurity, he will accidentally touch that nerve about ten times before he even says a word. He's just that type of character, isn't he? Like not intentionally to but he just will. So it's easy for you if you suddenly start to feel insecure to retreat out of that. Yeah. Or like not necessarily push them down, but retreat out. And a lot, a lot of people, I think, who aren't in top positions will do that. Will suddenly retreat themselves out and yeah. feel like, oh, I'm, I'm being pushed out, whereas actually they're retreating themselves out because they can't cope with, yeah, either a challenge of a. Because I think the hard thing is, is to challenge someone with an insecurity is hard because you sometimes you still need to challenge people to step up to the mark but they take it someone who's really insecure can take it more personally yes than what you're trying to say so they retreat thinking you're attacking them and so it's very hard for i guess for people like you in it like well it's a, it's very, a, very great, hard. It's a great it's a really great insight steve and i think you're right i think one of the so how did adam and eve respond to god they ran away they hid yeah their insecurity caused them to not compare against one another you know adam wasn't standing there going hang on a minute she's got two wabs like you know <laughs> Um, what what it was was that they they ran and hid um, because and I think that's a kind of an in, interesting insight because like I would say that one of my greatest insecurities isn't aimed at towards other people it's aimed towards myself. Okay, explain. So like uh, like so uh, so you talk about running away. I I know sometimes like Christmas man is like the thorn in my side at church. <laughs> literally hate christmas i'm the only i know i might dress like next gen santa like today it's i'm hopeless at christmas services i just you know literally they put the heebie-jeebies in me um and and i don't know what it is i just think it's this idea that like 
you can only really preach from like one portion of scripture at Christmas. Yeah, yeah. And the pressure to try to find something new and fresh. And what you do is you have this expectation in your mind when you've got a message, right? And it's going to be evangelistic and you're going to put out the altar call and hundreds of people are just going to leave their seats <laughs> and flood down the front. And, you know, yeah. they're going to, they're going to like lay their candy canes to the side of the altar, <laughs> and, you know, just pull their heart out to Jesus. Yes, mate. And, and inevitably what happens is, is you just, you come off the platform and you feel like utter crap because you feel like you've missed the mark that you set for yourself in your head. So you've, so you're insecure um, about your own potential. Do you know what I mean? So you, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm sure you've been at carol services where like two minutes after yeah. the carol service is concluded, no one knows where I am because typically I'm sitting in a toilet cubicle just saying, <laughs> weeping. Oh, you, need, you need someone else to do this because I'm fed up at Christmas services. It's going to like they're just car crashes generally. Um, and, and so there we go. This is probably why you see me as releasing because now someone comes in, got an idea about Christmas services. I will go, yes, yeah, you, take it on. you take it on. That's you, man. Yeah, we're crazy. I'm secure. I'm happy for you to do it. I don't want to be in that car crash. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I think like insecurity isn't just aimed at other people. I think it's aimed at, mm. I, I think it's to do with pride. It's to do with like, you know, the, uh, the potential that we carry and our desire to meet that can also lead us to almost run out of a situation. So like, even like preaching, if you're insecure, you might, you, sometimes you might even defer an opportunity because mm. you, you're kind yeah. of like, what if I don't, what if I don't do well? So yeah. insecurity isn't just about dealing with your attitude towards others. It's actually about dealing with your attitude towards yourself. And I think that's a really important thing to consider. Well, I think that's so true because I think early stage, definitely when I was at Sunny Hill, I used to barely put any prep into anything because that's the excuse that I can give at the end when it goes terribly. Like okay, as stupid yeah. as it sounds, like it is funny, yeah. but it's like that that's the excuse then because I know oh, everyone knows I didn't prep, so I can blame it on that. Whereas actually yeah. the the real thing was is I was hiding away because if I do prep really hard and it goes like a car crash, yeah. then that's all on me. And yeah. Like so, that's something I always had to deal with, which yeah, kind true. of explains why. Which kind of explains why <laughs> everything was a car crash. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. But I, I, you know, I think I think you raising this as a conversation is really important because I think like so many leaders don't give language to this, but yeah, it's mm. it's really stifles their ability to release. Mm. And if you don't learn the art of release, you'll never learn multiplication because there is yeah. no multiplication without release. Yes, there's only subtraction. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's all there is, and and I think um, so. Yeah, if you want to tap into the economy of the kingdom, you know, which is like thirtyfold, hundredfold scenario, mm. it's about the person who invests their skills, multiplies it, and mm. has more to show. And I think that's the that's the idea. It's about being secure enough to take a risk. It's about being secure enough to being willing to fail. It's about being secure enough yeah. to to not just um, take the blame, but also give the credit. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like those things become really crucial in building a healthy organization, I think. Um, yeah. And I don't think we've, I don't think we've got it right by, by a long way. Um, but I, I think we're doing it better than other places generally. Mm. Like mm. from what I see, yeah, uh, yeah. conversations, I I have, but, but, it, but, it, but I still think there's, you know, mm. I don't think we are perfectly manifesting the person of Christ no. yet in the ministry. So a long way to go. Yeah. And I think that's like a lot of the way you talk is, it is a thing of, and I, I know you, this is the way you live because of obviously we've known each other for so long, but genuinely if like it came down to the point of it's you leading Sunny Hill and it growing slowly or you step out and it explode and loads of people come to faith yeah. you yeah. would step out you yeah. would just go on uh, like well, it might well, still go that would be painful and that would take me a long time to get there as in i'd need a few days to sit on that but, yeah but, but i know i would end up there i know that for yeah. a fact because i never allow myself to get in the way of it but it doesn't but I'm, I'm not at the place where it's just like verging yeah. on indifference you know yeah but i think it's it's something like i spoke about at church a couple of weeks where actually what perspective do we see things from our own or the kingdom one and I think actually it's like when we search deep down into our our own motives is is the motive truly anything for the kingdom mm. because I think like 
so I've recently just done this like profile that my mom does, which is like looks into how you who you are as a person, how you communicate, all of this big massive thing. There's like hundreds of questions you have to answer and all this. But basically, mine have come out as like big upfront brash sort of characters. And in basically everything I all of my top ones are you offend people and people don't like you basically it's the whole the whole thing is you offend people very easily but actually in my insecurity if ever I led I have to search deep down into my feelings and go to actually for people to connect with God they're not going to like me straight away I have to put people in place who everyone else is going to like more than they like me yeah yeah that's good which which is a, a hard thing and actually it's me going okay well they, they are going to like that person more than me I'm not going to be the most liked person yeah. which for someone who desires like connection and affirmation and stuff like that that's hard for me but it, yeah. it, it's what is your deep desire is it for people to know Jesus yeah well then you have to put the best people in the best place definitely well I think actually what happens as you grow up as well you like you become more aware of who you are and who you're called to be. Yeah. And I, I think it always sounds like a Gandalfy thing to say. Almost <laughs> like only a smug person going getting older could say that. But I think yeah. it's really true in the sense of you don't want to waste time trying to do stuff that you're not. You just don't want to. Yeah, like, yeah. I think in insecurity, what you do is you end up wasting so much of your life trying to be the person you think you need to be in order to do the things that God's put in your heart. Yeah, yeah. But actually, if you're if you're having to betray your own personality, then then the chances are that that thing God's put in your heart, either he didn't put it there or the way you're mm. going to achieve it is by being the fullest Christ yeah, yeah. yourself. And I think, um, yeah, I, I think it is interesting that like being self-aware, being aware of who you are mm. is really key in kind of knowing what you need around you knowing yep. how to best pitch and platform people around you. Um, and also I think just being like securing that. So like I would say, and you change as well. So I would say like 10, 15 years ago, I used to get energy from being around loads of people. Like that would be how I refill. Now I'm like, just with my family, really, that's where yeah, I, yeah. You know, I like being around other people, but mm. it's more taxing on me now than it used to be. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I need a little sabbatical after like a small group <laughs> kind of meeting. Um, and I think I think that's kind of yeah I think you, you just have to learn who you are and um you know play play to your strengths and also be mindful of your weaknesses yeah. you need good counsel around you as well Steve you know what I mean you need like people who will be honest enough and tell you when they think that you're operating outside of your like interesting I'm preaching at uh, a church on Sunday not Sunny Hill and um they said you can either pre-record it or you can do it on zoom live like with yeah, the conversation yeah. and I asked the team I was like what do you reckon and R Richard the guy you spoke about um he says well you obviously want to pre-record it he says because you come across really badly on zoom I'm like, <laughs> oh, all right do I and he says yeah he says you, you're a better preacher standing up than you are sat down like you, you'll be more engaging and people will feel like they've been preached to rather than you know you'll get distracted on zoom um yeah. and like I, I, I now I can either choose to hear that like oh I'm really crap on Zoom. yeah yeah or I just go oh I'm not that's not the way I'm wired to speak like I'm not really a good small group kind of leader person and I'm not really like conversationalist in that way I'm a preacher and so I think you just having counsel around you that is you know it might it might touch some raw spots sometimes but ultimately I think yeah fair enough mm. um and I think counsel really helps with that. And I think you always want varied counsel. So in my life, I have people who really draw me back to the heart of the gospel and the person of Jesus. Yeah, and then yeah. I have people who are far more, I don't know what you would call it, philosophical or, um, you know, just aware of you are in the context of society. So it's like, you know, different kind of counsel kind of helps. I think you know how to get the most out of life and leadership. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I definitely think that the council, like the Bible says in it, Proverbs, that like plans uh, fail because of lack of counsel. That, yeah. that like you make you do you, you you produce better stuff when you do it in consultation yeah. with other people. Um, so I'm really mindful to have that. Even the the voice of my wife in my life is a helpful thing. You know, she she'll tell me when I'm being an absolute jackleg. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if I'm missing the mark, and I think that those things are really key. Yeah.
I think I think it's important. I think even just our conversation today, it's come around the whole fact of you need to find out who you are mm-hmm. and what how God shaped you. Mm-hmm. You need to get okay with it. Mm-hmm. And then you need to put people around you who keep keep you to that. Because I think like we even when I was at Sunny Hill with you and, and Phil, who are both great speakers, and mm-hmm. it's easy to use you two because a lot of your gifts cross over but are so polar opposite. Yeah. So both both can both good musicians, both good speakers, but are completely opposite in the way you express those. Mm-hmm. But if if ever you tried to like speak like Phil, we would be yeah. in the office on a Wednesday going, Why are you doing that when he's yeah. built for that? Why yeah. are you trying to go into his territory or is he going into yours? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. and it's it's becoming okay with who you are. And then it it very much well while I was there, it was very much the thing of this is a Phil preach. This is, this is his, like, I can't do this one. This is Phil's yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and, um, or Phil would go, no, I, I can't do that. That's a Richard one. Like, yeah. but, and Richard's a great example. You'll use him a lot for like talks on how to manage your life, manage money. Yeah. Like he will go away and his preach will be, this is what you are doing tomorrow to start this new life. Yeah. Whereas yours, how, when you preach it is, I'm walking out of this building and I'm, I'm going to tell everyone about Jesus because he's the most amazing, but like yeah. very yeah. inspiring. And yeah. it is, it's being okay with the lane that you're in. Yeah, yeah, right. And actually it's like runners. If you're in your lane, right, and every other runner is miles behind, you're going to end up naturally going slower because, however, if you have the best people in their lane, in the lane next to you, yeah, you're going to yeah. run faster with yeah. the competition. It's like when you yeah. play golf, if you play with better golfers, you play better golf. Yeah, yeah. As you so, know, from playing with me. <laughs> yeah, let's let's say that. Remember the last time we played, Don? But, uh, I mean, go about it. <laughs> but it, it is. It's like, actually, you need to have people who keep you in your lane and are okay with it and get okay with who you are because it's like this profile thing that um, I've done with my mum. Really good, and it highlights. But it highlights the weaknesses in me and it goes you have to be okay with that these are your weaknesses you have to work on them but you have to get okay with that they are yeah yeah and it it is just a thing that if we find out who we are we get okay with it we pursue jesus in it yeah it we're going to tackle it for today but we're going to have to do it again tomorrow yeah as you said and so it it is a thing that is and it won't just affect church it'll affect life it'll affect your work yeah i think if you if you get more secure like i i'm a chef yeah. If I if I'm more secure in able to start teaching people what I know, my boss is going to recognise that. I've actually Stephen's quite good. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I like having him in because everyone's better when he's around because he's teaching people things that he knows. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. It, yeah, I think what you said is really helpful. I think this idea of in your lanes and and running with people who are going to push you and challenge you. And yeah. I've also learned, like obviously in the Sunny Hill context that you've been speaking about really like we were very diverse in our gift set mm. and so in some ways it may be easier to manage insecurity in that because you get to a point where you go well, i'm not a bible teacher so like yeah yeah knock yourself out um you know <laughs> i'm not i'm not i'm not a i don't know how you call it but an executive style high level administrator so like mm. you know i that doesn't tread on my toes but i've learned the gift of trying to identify from people around the world who run in my lane Mm. do you know what I mean so so actually identify people who carry something similar to me now of course what I carry is unique and what they carry is unique because you're not carbon Mm. copies there is no carbon copy in the kingdom yes there are people who have similar gifts and similar outlooks and similar styles and actually pulling them in close and submitting yourself under their kind of influence is a really helpful and humbling Mm. thing and I think you being willing to be a student of the craft as well is really yeah. important i think you know so in the sunny hill context for example like i'm kind of a big cheese at sunny hill <laughs> um, the big dog <laughs> but but like i remember jeff lucas wasn't saying like when he was about to preach at spring harvest and he was saying he was just like gene himself up and he was like thinking no, i'm about to speak at the big top uh, at spring harvest and like god just said into his spirit like oh you're bigger butlins are you jeff <laughs> like this whole idea, like absolutely, absolutely crushed his, his whole sense of worth in that moment, just like yeah, humble yourself. 
And I think like if we don't get out of our own backyard, if we don't get out of our own postcode, mm. it can lead us to a full sense of value. Because what I have to understand is like Sunny Hill is like that in the context of what God's yeah. doing in in Bournemouth Pool and Christchurch. Yeah, yeah. Like let alone Dorset, let alone like the Southwest, let alone the UK, let alone yeah, Europe yeah. and the world. And I think identifying people who are smashing goals for the kingdom, mm. but it, it just it just broadens you a bit, strengthens you up because you yeah. think like it's actually liberating because you know, oh thank goodness, you know, the salvation of the world isn't now on my shoulders. It's like mm. we can do this together. <laughs> you can run with giants, you can Yeah, um, yeah. Um, so so I think like key relationships like that, people who are similar to you are really helpful because what they do is they just remind you that like you know, you're not you're not the only one doing what you do. Yeah, there's yeah. people better than you. There's people yeah, yeah. Than you. people made sense. I think it's liberating. Oh yeah, definitely. definitely. I think I think it's so good that that thing. I remember when um, I was at Bible College and you took me on as a for a five week placement yeah. solidly. And I remember I messaged you. I think it was like one in the morning the night before I came, and I went, "Oh Dom, like I, I'm starting to think like Facebook and Instagram's like really important. I'm reading a book on it." do you mind if I just focus on it for the next five weeks and try and build it? And I remember your response was actually, because you weren't on any social media at that point, you didn't really interact with it or like it. Yeah. You were sort of like, I don't think it's important, but please spend the next week, next five weeks convincing me it is. Yeah. And so it was the whole thing of you, were, when you, when you think you're convinced of something, you're pretty convinced that you've yeah. decided on it, but you were willing to go, right, let this 18, 19 year old convince me differently if he thinks it's important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, now it's come to Sunny Hill's quite active on social media and uses it really well, important. I mean, the times, the times demand it, don't they? Well, yeah, but I think even before right. that, it, I, I wasn't, I very much stepped away from it after those five weeks and other people took it on. But it was just that ability to allow a 19-year-old who isn't at your church, who's coming for five weeks, and go, please convince me differently. Yeah, no, I, I, I think you were key. I think you were key and you revolutionised kind of so much of our online platform in many ways. Because I think... <laughs> You're always pushing the conversations all the way, all the time. You say, no, this looks crap. That makes no sense. We need to kill John Jones. That was an ongoing conversation you were bringing to the team. <laughs> John Jones, yes. That kind of alter ego that was used as a staff team to speak to the church because no one had a Facebook account. But like, <laughs> I, I think like you're absolutely right. And I think like all of those things have set us up that we came into um, COVID-19 last year, probably better than 95% of the other churches in the UK just because yeah. we, we had released like voices like you and and um had harnessed the potential that people mm. like, like yourself saw you know before I did because I was like I couldn't perceive or even conceive where we would be solely ministering in that way I couldn't even perceive it um but like obviously and I think that's the beautiful thing I think like if a leader pushes that skill away then yeah. um, you, you know you you really are throwing paddles out the boat. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like it's um, but yeah, I think ultimately the, the 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 principle of leadership in the kingdom of God is not about top down; it's about bottom up. So it's not yeah. about leading and controlling; it's about serving and lifting. It's like yes. it's about helping people. It's not about you becoming all you can be. It's about helping people become all they can be. Mm. And knowing that that will speak to the fruitfulness that and the legacy yes. you leave behind, anyways. Um, but ultimately, you know, it's it's not about Dom, it's not about Steve, it's about Jesus. And as cliche as yes. that sounds, that is the heart of the church, and that's why leadership in the church is different to leadership in the world. Yes. Like Jesus yes. says, "Don't lord it over them like the Gentiles do." Like this idea of leadership being something where, like like uh what would you call it like significance and position mm. but rather it's humility and it, it's serving and i think it's one of the most attractive qualities in the kingdom to be yes. to be a leader who lifts um but yeah i think it's yeah it's good it's good good thought steve to talk about yeah, yeah. security yeah definitely and i think we'll um we'll pick up on something else on the next one, depending if we do another one of these, hopefully we will, because it is fun. And, fun. But, and to be honest, mate, we can be guaranteed of two listeners, Louise and Leah. Like, yes, that's true. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not so sure on Louisa, but um, I'll force Leah to listen to it. Um, <laughs> Louisa want to listen to it because I've dropped some real nugget bombs there that are just going to. Yeah, exactly. She's just going to be absolutely going. I know crazy. what she's going to say. Did you really say wabs on a podcast? Yeah. <laughs> Hey, I've got to leave that in. I'm sorry. But it's here we are. 
It's here we are, mate. Exactly. I talk, I spoke about the need to be naked, and you spoke about webs. <laughs> yeah, when we say webs, it's who we are. Can we not say that? <laughs> but yeah, right. If anyone wants to follow us, follow us on the Edge Podcast underscore. We'll start using that platform, and um, this is going to be hopefully the first of many of conversations with Dom and possibly other people. Dom, any other final thoughts, or are you have you said everything you want to say? No, I think just what I would say is just declare war on your insecurity, identify it, you know, label it, understand it, name it and go after it. And I think like I always find whenever I'm trying to do some self-reflection, I get a blank piece of paper, something like this. And I'll, I'll, I'll write like, so in this instance, what I would do is I'll get a pencil and I'd write kind of my strengths and my weaknesses. And I think begin to become well acquainted with those things. And I'm not talking about, for example it's not just about stuff you don't want to do that's not the weakness that could just be laziness but yeah. try to get really honest between before god and just say right what do i feel passionate about what do i feel what do i feel gifted at what do mm. i feel like my blind spots are and i think you you, you try to start having great self-awareness do things like that course that you've just done steve that yeah. would help you identify the character that god's put in you and like mm. what what the blind spots are so sometimes you can't see it yourself so actually getting kind of there's so many courses out there that do that that say you need to watch out for these things these are the things you're really good at and it's just that kind of self-understanding isn't it that is really crucial yeah i think um and in that then you can you can begin obviously in a leadership context you can begin to apply those lessons and make better decisions going forwards yeah i think my uh my part in thought would be it's it's never too late to tackle it, but it's also never too early. Mm-hmm. I think um, whether you're obviously we focus a lot on leadership because that's my passion and what you do. But I think just in life in general, even before you're doing that, you know, if you're insecure, you can work it out pretty quick. I think if you start to begrudge people who you feel are coming into your lane yeah, yeah very quickly and too easily, then, you know, there's probably an insecurity there. And actually start, start, start to tackle it. If you don't have a spouse to talk to, find a good friend. And if you don't even have that, start to build that relationship. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Find a spouse. But yeah, just do it. It's easy. Sorted. Dom set me up so he can set you up. But, uh, (laughs) but I think start to talk about it. As you said, start to find some wise counsel who you trust and actually you have to give them the permission to do it. If you really want to, grow you have to ask them to if you see this in me you have to call it out no matter how painful it is and and just yeah as Dom said start to grow in it because I think it's something we all deal with and we all have to grow in like constantly <laughs> it's it's fun but uh so yeah I have Dom who calls out stuff on me I'm used to a lot more than he does now just purely because of location but uh it was a regular regular thing two and a half thousand million light years away. <laughs> but it was yeah it was a regular thing though and I think I had to choose to sit and go, right, He anything he says, I have to trust without, yes, a bit of editing and going, is that really right? But most of the time I would go, okay, I, I trust his word and I'll act on this. So um, I think that's it. But yes, we we could go on forever. We need to end somewhere. We could. We could. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening. Right. Play the jingle now. Mm-hmm.